0: When the holidays are just around the corner, even just the thought can begin to get my blood pressure up. And I feel the tension beginning in the back of my neck. Do you know what I mean? In the back of my mind is a to-do list that seems impossible to accomplish. I feel so overwhelmed with my normal everyday schedule that the word Christmas immediately puts me in defeat mode. How in the world am I going to accomplish all that, even if I can't quite put a finger on what quote-unquote all that means. The stress and pressure of getting everything just right many times has caused me to put my marriage on the back burner. We tell ourselves this too will pass and in January, we're going to be able to take time for each other again. The standard, the holiday standard is to reach a certain standard and know that in time, our marriages are going to get the attention that they need. These other things take first priority at least for now. But I'd like to ask this question today. Is it possible that we don't have to go through the holiday motions just hoping that they're going to end soon and we're going to be able to get back to regular routine, back to joy, and back to unity? I think the answer is yes. Today, on this special episode of Vows to Keep Radio, Countdown to Christmas, we're going to weave together a practical and heart-oriented action plan for marriage, budget, extended family relationships, connection with our Savior, and other areas that may need some prayer and some reevaluation around this time of year. If the stress of Christmas is stealing your joy and unity as a couple, it is totally possible to get those back. Find out how you can transform the way you think about the holidays by looking at all the craziness through the lens of eternity. Today, we're going to change the tune from stress to spending ourselves well for the glory of our Father and the advancement of His gospel on today's episode of Vows to Keep Radio, the show where you get sound biblical counsel you can apply immediately to your marriage. I'm your host, Tracy Sellers of Vows to Keep. David and I are biblical marriage counselors, authors, teachers, podcast hosts, radio hosts, and conference speakers. If you want to get back to being on fire for your spouse and for God, you are definitely in the right place. Ah, Christmas, Thanksgiving, a time lots of us look forward to, a time many of us dread certain aspects of. Despite the busyness that the season brings, I actually really do love the holidays. I look forward to them every year. Why? I think it's because of the intentionality of the season. There's meaning there. There's purpose things are out of the norm, and in a good way. There's that warm, cozy feeling that I want to create and then recreate year after year. And there's a nearness that I desire to have with my Savior. There are family members to see, there's presents to give, there's special events to attend, and just wonderful connections to make. So with all the awesomeness, why all the agonizing and distress? Well, we're going to dig into that. But as we begin our conversation today, Let's start with this question. I'm going to answer it, and then I want you to do the same. What's my goal for the holidays? What's yours? Honestly, my goals might change with the years, but if I had to answer for this Christmas, I would say my goal is to maintain. Maintain my regular routine and demands of life while trying to squeeze in the holiday stuff. And for me, I got to say, this equals instant stress mode how in the world am I going to do that? How am I going to meet all the demands? I can barely keep up with my current load. This attitude automatically makes me sort of, can I say it, resentful of Christmas and even Thanksgiving, even though that holiday isn't nearly as taxing to me as the other. So what's your answer? What's your goal for this holiday season? To decorate well, to buy presents early, to make this year the year that you finally send out Christmas cards, stick to a budget, bust the budget? Spend quality time with your family. As I was preparing to share this message with you today, this scripture came to mind from Psalm 43. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So here's my holiday version of this psalm. Why are you so stressed out, O my soul? Why are you running around like a chicken with its head cut off? Put your ducks in a row and focus on God and his people, for he is my God and I will praise him with every thought and action I take this holiday season. I don't think my goal is a good one, I have to admit. I don't think maintaining is where I need to be focusing. I don't want our focus today on this broadcast to be cutting down on holiday stress by cutting out certain things just to make room for all the quote unquote fun stuff. Our goal shouldn't be to just free ourselves up to spend more time and money on what matters to us. And that statement might make us cringe just a little bit. That's not the cultural norm, but I hope you'll stick with me as we dig into what really does matter. Like I said at the beginning, looking at the holidays in all of their craziness through the lens of eternity changes everything. If I acknowledge that I have a certain number of years on earth, God tells me that in his word that my days are numbered, I begin to feel this pressing need to be a good steward of those years, a good steward of my time. I want what I do to count. And if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you want that too, to zero in on what really matters and evaluate what I'm doing that actually doesn't matter. I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've ever really prayed about the holidays before. Not in their entirety. I've never really asked God what he's asking of me, what his desires are for the season, how I can pour his love into others, especially my spouse. I've never really evaluated where all the busyness and expectations come from and how God is asking me to respond to each of them individually. God, we just want to take a moment right now to bring this topic before you. Lord, I really do want to spend myself well for you. I know you've given me resources like time and money and energy and relationships, and I want to do well for you. God, I'm asking you to help us today to evaluate both the stress that the season brings, and Lord, would you help me to evaluate my attitude, to not neglect my marriage, And really, above all, to bring you glory and honor in everything that I do. I pray this in Jesus' name. At the end of this, I want you to have an action plan. You're going to have one. One where you aren't just trying to check things off so you can have a moment of peace, but one that will bring a deep-seated peace because you're living with eternal purpose. And that changes everything. I'm going to be giving you guys a downloadable PDF for you in the show notes and at the end of this episode, so that you'll be able to take action to see change begin to happen immediately. Your house may not be better decorated than it was last year. You're still going to have to iron your son's shirt at the last minute for that concert. You're still going to have that last minute inevitable trip to the store, but your marriage and your time with the Lord won't be put on the back burner because your goals will be different. You will be different. Let's start today with writing out a list of things to pray about just between you and God. I actually want you to make a list, whether it's grabbing a pen and paper, whether it's making a list on your phone, but I really want you to write these things down. And if you're able to grab that PDF resource, that's a great place to start this list. Now, God already knows exactly what's making you dread some of the holiday bustle. But here's the thing. He wants you to know why you're dreading it, to be still enough to get these things out on the table just between you and him. And there's something about writing it down and speaking it out loud that gets it out there between you and God. To be very transparent, I am guilty of feeling a deep restlessness, but I often don't take the time to put my finger on why. I live in a state of feeling behind, but when David asks me what my to-do list is and I say it out loud, it really doesn't sound like all that much. It sounds pretty manageable, actually. Many times I'm toiling to meet my own expectations or maybe the perceived expectations of other people. And most of the time, those people I'm trying to please are not putting any demands on me at all. It really is all coming from my own. So for your prayer time, here's your first task. Write down what stresses you out about the holidays or what really gets to you during the holidays, even if it's just writing down the stress of hearing that you're probably stressed gets to you during the holidays. Think of categories like extended family, those interactions, those expectations that come from those relationships, schedules, money, time constraints, gift buying and gift receiving, travel hosting, food prep, not gaining weight, or anything else that comes to mind that stresses you out when you think about Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, next to each category, I want you to write down about that particular topic, what makes you anxious about that. This step is absolutely critical. In the downloadable PDF resource for this broadcast, you're going to see the homework is going to prompt you to spend quite a few minutes on this. God's word has a lot to say about anxiety, what it is, where it comes from, and what to do with it. But let's break it down a little bit right now, you and me together. I feel like anxiety is this demanding, obnoxious guest that persistently knocks on the door of my heart until I finally cave in and let her in. She whispers things from the other side of the door, telling me half-truths until I begin to believe her. She says, you're too busy for this. You're never gonna get it all done. That picture on Pinterest has been your dream for how many years now? Go to the store, get everything you need, and by the way, yours is never gonna look as good. Your mother-in-law is gonna judge your house when she shows up next week. You know she always does. This year for Christmas dinner, you need to knock it out of the park and show everyone that you're capable of handling this on your own. Can you believe your mom expects you to travel to them again this year, even though she knows packing up three kids and all their gear and traveling all that distance is so stressful for you? Your husband just doesn't understand all that you do for the family this time of year. He should get up and help, but of course he never does. Those are just a few examples of things I think you might be thinking, but I want you to write out your own. Of course, anxiety isn't something we go and search for. But in the end, we tend to incline our ear to what she has to say. Sure, come on in, pull up a chair, tell me more. Her words are meant to keep us distracted, preoccupied with things that have no eternal value or things that would steal eternal value. Her words are meant to pull us in by tickling our emotions, but they lead us down a slippery slope. I know this from personal experience. Once we realize we should have never opened the door to her in the first place, trying to push her out by sheer will never works. And God knows this. And that's why I'm so glad he's given us an action plan to gain the upper hand against anxiety. He knows her tricks. He wants us to be aware of them too. The Bible is full of scriptures about anxiety, fear, and trust, and the three are almost always intertwined. How we apply verses about anxiety are, in my mind, equivalent to verses about how we speak to one another and how we treat each other. Let me explain. When I read scriptures from places like Ephesians 4, where it talks about how to live as Christians, about how I should have a kind and compassionate heart, how I should build up with my words and not tear down, how I should put away malice and anger— I can tend to look at the whole of my life when I read this and not once apply it to the relationships within my very own home. It's like I have on spiritual blinders. My heart has already made up its mind how I'm going to act and speak within my marriage relationship or with my kids. So I apply all these things to every other relationship, but my marriage, but with my children. Tell me I'm not alone on this. I think the same goes with scripture about anxiety. When I'm waiting on a test result from the doctor, I remind myself not to be anxious about anything like Philippians 4 tells me. I tell myself that the Lord is sovereign and he's got me in the palm of his hand, that I shouldn't worry because God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. And I have a peace with the results, whatever they are, because I've filled my heart with truth and I'm choosing to walk by faith that the Lord's got this. Then I see the holidays rushing toward me like a tidal wave. I know what's going to happen. I'm about to get swept under, and rather than telling myself all these same truths, rather than trusting that God will provide, even when I feel like I'm drowning, I tell myself there's nothing I can do to stop the wave, nothing that will be different from any other year, and I choose to be taken down by it. God deals with this in scripture because he knows anxiety steals our joy. Anxiety and knee-jerk reacting to her demands steals the unity that's between me and my husband. We all know this isn't just something that happens around the holidays. In fact, this has been a really anxious week for me. David said something to me this morning that made me realize my anxiety, which is unfounded, by the way, is making him tense. Is actually creating discord between us, even though what I'm anxious about has nothing to do with him. My anxiety is actually at the root of what's causing me to sin against him to react to small things with a bad attitude, to be put out, to slough off in my responsibilities. And I know you can relate. Anxiety and worry and trust, like I said, so intertwined. Hebrews thirteen six says, So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. Joshua 1, 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. The Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Philippians four thirteen, where I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Matthew six twenty-five through thirty-four, I won't read the whole thing, but where Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he tells us to not be anxious about our lives, to not think about all the little piddly things that he knows we need anyway, but to put our trust in him that he's going to provide exactly what we need, even during busy seasons. And when we do put our trust in him, that's when we can turn our focus onto building his kingdom. The last part of this passage in Matthew chapter six, verse 31, Jesus says, so don't worry about these things. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? And in our case, what are we going to buy? How are we going to travel? How are we going to get the money for these things? What will people think? He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father, he already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, Jesus says, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That, my friends, is trust. It seems like the holiday season gets longer each year, doesn't it? And I don't want to spend two, three, four months letting tension and anxiety rule the roost in my house. What I want is to let God lead on this one to fix my eyes on him and follow wherever he would go, even if it's uncomfortable. Jesus talks about anxiety in John chapter 14. He's in conversation with his closest friends, his disciples. This would be you and I if we were there. He's pulling them into his confidence and telling them the best news they could have heard in light of the situation. Jesus was just about to go to the cross to complete the work the Father had sent him to do. And the disciples are probably feeling pretty anxious right about now. I can only imagine But then Jesus says in John 14, 26, that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things. He's going to remind you of everything I've said to you. John chapter 16 speaks to these things as well. Jesus telling us that he's not going to leave us alone, that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us to guide us and help us obey the truth that Jesus taught. Galatians 5 teaches that our flesh and the spirit are in a constant battle. You feel that in your own heart. I know I do. God urges us to keep in step with the Spirit, to let the Spirit guide our lives so that we're not ruled by sinful, fleshly things. If you're anxious about something, 1 Peter 5, 7 tells you how to keep in step with the Spirit. It says, cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. These aren't just pretty words that people put on greeting cards and coffee mugs. This is powerful, life-changing truth. And when we put it into action... We do walk by the Spirit and not our flesh. Your flesh will naturally tend towards stress and worry and anxiety, especially when things are busy. So, as you list out the categories that stress you out about the holidays and then write out specifically what you're anxious about about that particular topic, make sure you grab your Bible. I want you to write out verses where God encourages you to trust Him, verses that help you understand that. Fear and worry and anxiety are not from him. That's not the way to live the abundant life he's given you. Let's get off of society's hamster wheel of running to meet its expectations and the fear that causes us to make decisions based upon the lie that if we don't meet a certain standard, we're going to be missing out on something. Add this to your list. What do you feel like you might be missing out on if you don't meet a certain standard? This is key because this is where Eve fell, the first woman, believing that she was missing out on something good. It was the very first lie that Satan told, and it's one he continues to use today. We need to be aware of this. And in my own life, I notice that the enemy uses this lie the most when expectations are high, whether they're my own expectations, someone close to me, or society's. If God is capable of giving us his Holy Spirit to be our guide, then you can be sure he's capable of helping you to get off that hamster wheel. He wants you to lift your head and not only see where he's working, but to join him there. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And you can bet that this applies to this season as well. He says, come to me. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. And here is where you're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, he says, and the burden I give you is light. This is a picture of two oxen yoked together. If you keep in step with him, he's going to do the heavy lifting. He's going to provide for you when it seems impossible. To enter into this kind of rest takes a lot of trust. It takes saying no to anxiety, no to worry, no to stress, and yes to Jesus. The rest that he's talking about here isn't you coming home and resting on the couch after you've exhausted yourself by doing all the things. He's talking about your heart. I have to remind myself that I will never be at peace if I'm either trying to please myself or trying to cut out all the things that are exhausting. He's telling us that when we do what he's asked, whether it's tiring or not, our joy will be complete. Practically speaking, the next step is to bullet point your holiday to do list. This is everything from organizing last year's decorations into new tubs, to making a holiday menu, to ordering your Christmas cards, anything you can think of that's on that checklist. Once you've got everything on your list down on paper in black and white, now I want you to cross reference this with your anxiety list. This is the time to come before the Lord. This is that prayer time we've been gearing up for. Pray about each item on your to-do list. Ask the Lord to give you discernment if this item is a must-do. Now here's some advice. If it divides relationships, let it go. If it brings glory to God and loves on his people, keep it, even if it comes at a cost to you. In the next episode of Vows to Keep Radio, we're going to go through the to-do lists one by one and really get practical about what needs to stay and what needs to go. And if we're being spirit led, our lists aren't going to look exactly the same, but we're going to go through the most common categories and situations that bring that holiday stress. And let me remind you that we're going through this process not to inject peace into our homes, but to build a foundation of peace in our hearts. As servants of Christ, seeking to bring Him glory and honor, we're not going to be sitting around our perfectly decorated living room with just the lights of the tree to illuminate every perfect present for everyone in our lives. That is not the picture of peace that we are after. As tools in God's hands, putting our desires on the back burner, it's going to be our greatest joy at the end of the day to have spent ourselves well for His sake And the sake of those around us, those people he wants to love through us. I hope you take time today to download this week's free resource. I've created this for you to have a way to walk through each of the things we've talked about today on your own time, to prepare you to come before the Lord and ask him to build the foundation of peace in your heart. If you'd like this, please go to the show notes and download the resource or email me resource at vows keepcom and put the word Christmas in the subject line. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. Hi, this is Tracy from Vows to Keep Radio. We're asking you to help us become fully funded so Vows to Keep has the financial resources to keep sharing hope with marriages like yours. God is growing this ministry tremendously, and the testimonies we hear confirm that God's word does not return void. Right now, we need an additional $6,500 a month. Would you consider becoming a monthly partner with us to build biblically healthy marriages? We're asking 100 families to give $50 a month and 60 families to give $25 a month. Prayerfully make your best gift at vows VowsToKeep.com. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.